Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. Uh, before we get started uh, on the podcast today, just going to have a, a quick minute uh, chat to you. A little serious, a little serious. Uh, it's, it's just me, it's Ben, it's Jay's here as well, but we'll, we'll bring him in in a sec. Um, so, earlier today, today's Monday, which when we record, um, Progress Wrestling announced that they were running a show on December the 10th in Dubai. Um, there's been, obviously, quite a bit of online backlash about this towards Progress Dubai doesn't have a great human rights record. The treatment of LGBTQ people is awful. Um, there's a lot of sort of nasty controversy go about you know the way they treat people over there. Um, and basically, yeah, and, until and unless anything changes drastically, um, that's the last time you're going to hear me say that my company's name on this podcast. Just um, obviously, I haven't written this down or anything. I'm an idiot. Uh, just. Uh, obviously, we have a relationship with TNT Extreme Wrestling, who are part-owned by the owners of Progress. We don't receive any money from TNT Extreme Wrestling. Um, we're not on their payroll. We never have been. We've never been on Progress's payroll. So we're not going to, you know, tell you that Progress are great or anything like that. We're going to. We obviously we always try and be as impartial as possible. We are running an event in at the end of November with Effie, ironically. Um, <laughs> on behalf of TNT Extreme Wrestling. Um, so we will continue to sort of... Well, we're going to keep a very close eye on them, put it that way. Uh, I am personally, anyway. Um, me, Ben. Um, they're my home promotion, obviously. I feel I've got quite a strong attachment to them. But if it starts to go down that way, then it will take further action as and when we need to. Uh, yeah, it's not an attack. I'm not, I'm not saying don't watch the shows. Do whatever you want. Your, you know, your life. You, you make your own decisions. We have a lot of people in our community who felt very strongly, as did we, about the decision to run the show in Dubai. As a result, we will no longer be mentioning that company on this podcast. Obviously, there's loads of other wrestling for us to talk about. Uh, I won't be going to any more of the shows. I don't know about anybody else, but yeah, um, yeah. But basically, that's it. Serious time over. Let's talk. Stupid wrestling bits. Jay, how's it going, mate? How's it going? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm quite tired. It's been a long weekend. Yeah, well, uh, we've both. So just just for a bit of a just for a bit of sort of pull, pull back the curtain. Uh, both me and Jay have been away on weekends that included not not a small amount of drinking. A, a lot of drinking. Maybe you some more than me. I was just doing some doing some brewing and and you know going to see the Game of Thrones things in Belfast. You were just drinking everything in like Middle Europe, basically by the sound of things. Pretty much, yeah. I was terrorizing Antwerp and Amsterdam. As as a if you're on Jack's radio um, today, first of all, welcome. Uh, second of all, all the music on today's show on Jack's is going to be from bands from Northern Ireland and the Netherlands in honor of mine and Jay's little uh, weekend excursion. So you've got that to look forward to some some fun stuff there. 
Uh, right, as per the custom, we will start with WWE, and we'll start with some news. And this is, first and foremost, Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer reporting that Kevin Owens suffered a, it's like a suspected, well, they, they said it's an M- MCL sprain at a WWE house show at the weekend. Uh, they haven't given a time frame for recovery. Uh, what they did say is they know it's definitely an MCL sprain. They hope it's nothing else as well. So they don't know fully what it, what's what's going on there yet. He just fucked his knee, basically, and they don't know how long he's going to be out. Yeah, he was thought to be the fifth man in the War Games match, um, which we'll get to in a bit when we talk about SmackDown. But obviously, there's a potential that he might miss the actual Survivor Series and beyond. Yeah, which really sucks because he was he was doing really well over the last few months. He's been really sort of carving a niche out for himself, hasn't he? Really far since since Vince, but funnily enough, since Vince left, and there's more about that in a bit. Um, he's really but like sort of found his place on the card, and he, he he was getting hot again. Yeah, um, funnily enough as well, he did actually like take him off TV down to the popularity of Sami Zayn because he was meant to be going to a feud with Sami a bit soon. Well. Him and Sammy went to be fuming the bloodline a bit sooner than they will be. Yeah. And this was why. So, yeah, it's it's quite um, it's it's quite fitting, isn't it, that like he gets taken off TV to like kind of allow something to play out, and then when he's about to come back, he gets hurt. He actually has to get taken off TV. Yeah, I mean, it always sucks. You never want to hear about, about somebody getting injured, especially at a time when, they, when they're doing really well for themselves. On, on a similar note as well, we'll throw this in here. I didn't put it as a separate piece because it, it didn't really feel... But Rey Mysterio also has like a, a short-term injury as well. Yeah, he was meant to be in the um, the SmackDown World Cup and was replaced by Mustafa Ali because Rey's bugging his ankle. Yeah, apparently they said it's not nothing too serious. And he won't be he won't be out for too long, but he is obviously going to miss miss the World Cup. That is the the SmackDown World Cup. Not he's not he wasn't going to be playing in Qatar for Mexico or anything like that. Um, right next up, then um, yeah. Speaking of people who got a new lease of life since Vince left, uh, WrestleVotes reported they were on the Give Me Sports show podcast. I think it is. Um, basically reported that Vince McMahon apparently wanted to quote Barry Gunther for a bit and then send them back to NXT which is an incredibly sad sentence to read yeah this come up quite a while ago uh, I feel like it was WrestleVotes said that as well um, and yeah it was that Vince was really not high on Gunther and was going to bury him it's, it's mad as well isn't it like you've got a guy who's like clearly very good clearly the fans and like your audience. Oh, this, this is what I don't get. He's been over literally everywhere he's been. Yeah. And he's doing the fucking Lord's work on SmackDown at the moment. He's one of the best things about it. Yeah. Yeah. So the upside of this, obviously, Vince McMahon was um, removed from the company. Uh, Triple H is taken over creative. And now apparently Triple H sees him as someone who could main event. Yeah. I think, I think he's one of maybe five people that I'd say has a chance of dethroning Roman. Yeah. And he's he probably I'd probably go as far as saying he's the most believable as well. Yeah, I mean he's he's certainly got the biggest beef. He's he's the he's the, the biggest boy, except for maybe Lesnar. Um and like Wrong. if you think well, you've said people who could actually just throw a Roman myth, so you know. Very true. Uh Bron can't control his narrative that well. 
No, you can't. Um, but no, it's like it's, so. If you're talking about from, as a sheer like physical threat to Roman, then yeah, Gunter's probably apart from Lesnar the most believable. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, as far as as you say, as far as phys- physical dominance goes, may, maybe Bron Breaker as well. If he's called up and he's on the main roster for enough time, um, he has got sixty-six two-thirds chance to win. Well, yeah, and then if you throw Sami Zayn into the mix, his chances drastic drastic go down. Exactly. Um, yeah. So um, there, there's a few people, but I think Gunther's definitely one who uh, I feel like he, he should be a world champion sooner rather than later. I mean, I know people are start, there's like a sort of sort of a, a bubbling sentiment now of. Is the booking actually that different from the Triple H? Some of the old problems are starting to maybe rear their head and reemerge a little bit. But obviously, instances like this show that it is definitely changing for the better in Triple H. Yeah, I, I think we touched on this last week, didn't we? Where it feels like Triple H has kind of got tunnel vision on like a few various aspects that he wants to improve first. Yeah. Once he's got them improved, he'll probably do the same thing with the others. It's just whether. It's just whether he can, like, obviously, when he's changing other stuff, keep the sort of momentum going with what he's done already. But I mean, like the 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 rehabilitation he's done of like the IC title and the US title have been fantastic. Yeah, just just I mean, obviously, one of the problems of having both belts on Roman and Roman not being on the shows very often, just having that mid card presence, having the having like almost every show finishing with like an IC title match or with a US title match. Has been yeah, very cool. It's a bit special, doesn't it? Yeah. Speaking of titles, somebody who might be coming back to take them all. Nothing. Um, Charlotte Flair. So, uh, speaking on his to be the man podcast, Rick Flair confirmed that Charlotte is not injured, which has been because she's been out since she got married, basically. Probably just taking some time off. Yeah. Well, um, she's basically said she's quote talking to the company. And that he doesn't know anything about any plans for her return. Although he did note that she would not tell him because he wouldn't be able to keep it secret. I mean, yeah, it, it, that has happened previously. <laughs> yeah, he told him something, and he's just shattered shit on his podcast about it. I'll probably do the same thing. I think Conrad Thompson, who who does the podcast with Rick, basically said that she was taking personal time. Which again, if she just got married, um, obviously Andrade is not really busy at the moment, is he, due to his uh, mm-hmm. suspension? But. He's he's also Charlotte's brother-in-law, so we'd know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, sure. The smart money is that she comes back either before or at the rumble, and oh, she'll be a surprise return in the rumble, and everyone will be having the fear that she's going to win it. And she will. She probably will. Then she'll beat Bianca at WrestleMania. Yeah. But hey, just one natural selection. At least Sarah will be happier. Someone's got to be me. <laughs> and then lastly, on the WWE news section, uh, just a nice, well, not a nice one, just a, a sort of little bit of news here. Uh, a fan was arrested recently at a show, um, at a live event in Peoria, Illinois, for throwing a drink at Scarlet during a match. Jesus. I mean, just don't be dicks. Like, you know, don't, don't do dicks. this. It's fine. Um, so we, we had an incident like this in the UK as well. Um, recently, where um, a fan shouted something very horrible about Hillsborough at Lizzie Evo. And, like, just 
when you go to a show, you're there to play a part. Like you're there, it's a bit like a pantomime. Yeah, you've got to react, you've got to boo, you've got to cheer. But these people aren't like actually bad people. Well, not most of them aren't anyway. You know, these people who are playing bad guys are not real bad guys. They're they're nice people that you just need to play along with and like give. It's give and take, and like you just don't be a prick about things, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that fans probably lucky that Lizzie didn't fucking cave at them. I mean, just think if you were doing your job, how would you want people to treat you? And then apply that. I know wrestlers, it's it's portraying a character, but Jesus Christ, guys, come on. You know, yeah. don't take it too far. Absolutely. Absolutely. But credit to Scarlett as well. She 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 sort of brushed it off in a tweet and basically made fun of the fan and basically yeah, took it in a stride, which is quite nice. That's that's sort of like at least I'm good at my job. Yeah, he says well, like your drink was as cheap as your hairdo or something like that as well. Yeah. So yeah, fair play to fair play to Scarlett for, for taking that one in Australia. Oh, I mean, she shouldn't have to, okay. but and also fair play to security for getting apparently not just the. I mean, this is the worst thing. Like, not only did the person get kicked out, but like the entire the entire group of people, like their entire family, got kicked out as well. So you'd be fucking gutted if your dickhead mate threw a drink at someone and uh, you all got to miss the show. So yeah, that'd be funny. Uh, but yeah, just don't do it. You know, it's, it's not hard to. Just, I mean, you can boo, you can like, wrestle a little bit when 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 you boo them and when you don't and you shout like not mean things, but you know, like you can just play the fucking game. You know what they want. Like we we've been like we've been to shows with Tate Mayfers and we've we've called him a fucking Tory, and we've you know. Well, no. Well, Tate's is great. <laughs> but you know, it, but it's part of the game. I wouldn't say anything personally offensive to him because he's he's a nice person. Shouldn't be saying this because he'll probably batter me. But you know, yeah. Pete Mayfair is actually a horrible person, but you should still be nice to him. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Try and preserve the mystique a bit there. Um, right, I think that's gonna gonna wrap it up for for the first bit of the show. That's our WWE news. Not an awful lot this week. Um, I guess we're sort of. WWE is sort of in limbo a bit at the moment, isn't it? It's like a little, it's got in between like premium live events. There's not an awful lot going on. Yeah, it feels like they've a, it feels like they're really slowly building Survivor Series, given that it's in like literally two weeks. Yeah. Uh, right then. So we're going to have some Snow Patrol. If you're on Jack's radio, you can enjoy that. And we'll be back in just a second to talk you through Raw and SmackDown. And we're back. Okay. So. Monday Night Raw. So we start out with oh, this is the this was the Usos um basically going for the record, wasn't it? Uh that was on SmackDown. This was like the promo to set that match up. So this was like the build to it, yeah. Which like was awesome. It was so good. Um New Day New Day cutting this cutting promos on this was fantastic. Just like saying how important the record is to him. It really it really like made the match feel like a big fight feel. Um, and the promo got massively derailed by Riddle coming out and ruining it for everyone. Um, Yay. Yeah, which let, did lead to um, the Bloodline versus the New Day and Riddle, um, which the Bloodline won. Interestingly, after um, after Solo Sokoa hit a, um, his finisher on Riddle. Oh, right, okay. So Solo got the pin over Riddle, which was intriguing. Is this the first time Solo has tagged with the Usos on Raw as well? Uh, I think there's been an eight-man tag where it was like Sammy, Solo, and the Usos. Right, okay. But this is the first time it's just been the, just the three of them. Man, yes. 
I oh, believe. Nice. Yeah, so basically, so Riddle gives Creamy the RKO, doesn't he? But Solo is the legal man, and he mm-hmm. just comes in and hits his finisher and wins. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it wasn't a bad match. It was fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, they go on a little bit too long. Like, literally, it was like the first sort of 45 minutes of the show was the Uso New Day stuff. Yeah, so it says here the match was 21 minutes. So, like, obviously, if you throw the promo on top of that, plus that weird thing, WWE. Right, can you... Right, I'm, I'm going to derail the conversation here for a minute, Jake. Can you explain this to me, something to me? Why is it when WWE do a match on their own time, they have one person come out, make their entrance, then they'll have, like, an ad break? Then they'll have the other person come out. Or they'll, just, or they'll, they'll come back from the ad break and they'll show, like, a recap or a trailer for something. And then I'll have the other. So the, the one person must have been standing in the ring for about ten minutes. Um. Yes. I I don't uh, understand why that happens. Why not just do everything after the outbreaks? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember there was one under Vince where, like, I think it was it was either Kevin Owens or Becky Lynch. It was someone who was obviously like being vocal about it in the ring. It was still in the ring for like fifteen minutes. Jesus. I think it was Kevin Owens. I think because he was like like. He was showing a recap and he, of, of some things like, literally, this happened less than an hour ago. Why are you showing a recap of this? <laughs> um, right, okay. Moving on then, we had um, Baron Corbin. Yay. Um, obviously, it's time for JBL to go out and call people woke snowflakes again. Pretty much, yeah. Um, he's talking about his friend Elon Musk, who uh, said he'd only bite Twitter if Baron Corbin stayed on the platform. Now, I don't know if JBL's still on Twitter because I'm still blocked by him. You are um, still blocked by him. Again, CJ at Atlanta, good, uh, he'll tell you that story. It's a good one. Uh, we can't tell it on here for legal reasons. Um, <laughs> obviously, um, this show, so this show was in Pennsylvania as well, which was fun because um, JBL basically made jokes about the Phillies losing the World Series to a team in Texas, yeah. funny enough. So, obviously, a bit of a rivalry there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty standard squash match. Cedric looked good. Um in defeat, but not like good enough that like he ever was in doubt that he was gonna win. And JBL but continues his proud tradition of bullying announcers as well by telling um Patrick that he wished he'd leave Earth. He keeps calling Kevin Patrick Shamrock as well, which is a weird He just loves bullying announcers, mate. It's what he's there for. Yeah. Because he's um funny about it. Um yeah. I mean this is a pretty short match, was it basically it's basically a squash or squash, yeah. Got just the just the squash. Um to say Cedric got a bit of an offense on but Corbin hit him with the end of the end of days out of nowhere and then pick, picked up the win. The end of uh, day. Jesus Christ, I put up and want to see that. End of day, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, and then after this, uh, Seth Rollins came out to issue his open challenge. Um Finn Balor come out and basically like Oh shit, yeah, we're like an hour in and we haven't had judgment day yet, so we've got to go do something about that. Don't you worry about that, because here we are. Um, <laughs> yeah, Finn, Finn come out, uh, he brought up the Universal Championship match that he lost the belt to set, that he beat Seth for, but got injured. Um, and before, just before, like, they kind of, like, start the match, the club come out, and we get the debut of Mia Yim, who... Well, breathe debut me who attacks uh, Rhea Ripley to kind of like even the odds. Um, yeah, this was fine. 
But uh, Seth kind of like skulks away and runs off, cackling to himself. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so no match, basically. No, not yeah. It it was to lead to them. It was to lead up to the main events. Ah, right, okay. Uh, uh, Mia Gim's back, which is cool. You know, nice to see her back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I imagine that we're probably going to be getting like the eight person. Yeah, eight person tag match. Uh, AJ Styles uh, and the Good Brothers and Mia versus Judgment Day. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then after that we got uh, Otis beating Elias really quickly. Yeah, Elias with no riddle this time. No. Riddle was too busy licking his wounds. Um and yeah, then that was really short. It was fine. Um Is Elias done already? Is he like is he spent nah, all his momentum or they're talking about putting him and him and Riddle in a team by looks things. Nah, right, okay. The way it's going on Raw anyway. Um, and if you if you t- if you're ticking down your list of like things that, you know, always have to happen on Raw and you thought, why haven't damage controlled or anything yet? Well Well prior to that, we actually got Judgment Day in the segment as well. Um so yeah, there was a bit where Bianca was walking to the ring. And her and Rhea had like a little stare down. Oh yeah, like Rhea wants the title, which is fair enough. Yeah, which yes, please. Um, and then we basically get um, Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss challenging damage, uh, damage control to war games. Nikki Cross gets involved. Um, Bailey accepts the challenge. So it's going to be those four. And someone else versus those three and two others. Now, this is the point of the show where William Regal would come out and say War Games, but obviously we haven't got that now. So, do they have anyone to announce War Games, or does it just sort of happen now? Uh, no, they just they just challenged them to a match. That's pretty much. I don't. Even, I don't know who yeah. could maybe step up and do that. To be fair, I don't know who's got the best the best threatening voice after Regal. Triple H. Probably Triple H, wouldn't it? Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we get Shelton Benjamin, who we've not seen for fucking ages. Um, this is quite a short match, but it it was cool because like that, like it reminds you how good Shelton is. Yeah. Uh, he basically does like the jump up top to uh, like do the um, overhead belly to belly theory rakes his eyes, um, hits eight down down, pick up the win. There. Yeah. yeah. Very sure, but you think the hair business are coming back? Like that's what Lashley said he wants to do. They've teased it. It seems like they're trying to establish Shelton Benjamin's kind of like an elder statesman kind of mm. presence on the main roster. So who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean, both him and Cedric Alexander have been on the show so far, haven't it? True. Um, the only thing is, which we'll get to in a sec, is that. Cedric and Shelton were definitely being portrayed as faces here, whereas maybe not so much Lashley. Um, right, okay. Yeah, then we got Miz and Johnny Gargano. There was a little back and forth. Um, 
little back and forth promo. Um, Johnny basically shown like footage of um, footage of the Miz admitting to what he did. Like he, he got like an undercover director sort of to interview Miz. Miz and Miz like basically like admitted what he'd done. Uh, and did, he, did, he, did he sanitize himself? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was very much like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and then they have they has match. Um, Miz makes it look like he's being pulled under the ring by Dexter Loomis, uh, and then he gets the referee to check underneath the ring. And he's pulled out like a turnbuckle and he hits Johnny in the face with it, pins him. Uh, after the match, Dexter comes out and hits the Miz with a chair, and then Chase. Uh, gets chased out of the arena. Fair, yeah. Um, so yeah, it looks it looks like we're probably going to get Loomis and Loomis versus the Miz, or maybe Loomis and Gargano versus the Miz and Champa. I mean, Champa's um, out till next year, though, isn't he? He's like pretty fucked. Oh shit! Yeah, he got he had surgery, didn't? He? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fair them. Uh, well, well, but something of that ilk. Um, yeah, <clears throat> next we got 24-7 title match, Dana Brooke versus Nikki Cross. Nikki crosses, eh, Nikki Cross squashes Dana, easy for me to say, and then throws the 24-7 title into the bin. Well, you say th- into the bin, but she missed the bin. Well, yeah, it sums up the 24-7 title. <laughs> it, was, it was the only way for that title to go out, wasn't it? By, by yeah. not even landing in the bin properly. No, it was... Long may it rain. Our true singer for one week and then, you know, up the path. Um, yeah, and then we get back to Rollins' uh, open challenge part two. Someone co- catches in Boogaloo. Um, so Mustafa Ali accepts it and then Bobby Lashley murders him. Right. Mustafa Ali attacks Bobby as he's like ex- trying to accept it again. Bobby murders him again and then he comes out and murders Seth but before the, before the bell can ring on the match he gets like escorted out of the arena and for reasons even though it's like an open challenge match theory comes out and cashes in his money in the bank I mean I have um, so many questions about this so one, why? Yeah, why yeah. did he? Why did he cash in when there's literally an open challenge there? Two, why did he cash in on a belt he's already won? Yeah, and and um, yeah, basically, um, theory hits eight and down on Rollins. Uh, Rollins kicks out. I oh, don't no, sorry. Um, yeah, Rollins kicks out. Then he hits it again. Uh, Rollins is saved by Lashley pulling the referee out. Lashley then murders theory. Um, puts him in the hair lock. And then Theory gets back in the ring and um like just to break a count out and Rollins to stomp out of nowhere, pick up win. Um bit of a weird end to Raw. Yeah, that doesn't I mean, I'm not I am not here to judge. I d I didn't I didn't see it, but I, I know there's been a, a bit of a bit of backlash about, about how this all ended. Um obviously yeah. Triple H is for the kids. He wants that briefcase off theory. Yeah, it was it was certainly very confusing. But hey, Could there we go. Be. At least, at least we got we got to that point now. Theory's not money in the bank. There's no money in the bank anymore. Don't have to worry about that. I mean, you could argue that it's been utterly wasted this year, but mm-hmm. 
No one's cashing in on Roman, are they? Let's face it. No. He should let Sammy win it. Yeah, but hey. Yeah, Sammy win it. You could do the whole like Batista thing, couldn't you? You know, with like um, evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, good raw then. Bad raw. Mid raw. Mid. Very mid. Mid AF, as the kids would say. Mid AF, as the children would say. Fair. Um, okay, we've got the SmackDown. So this is. So we actually start with the undisputed tag title match. You uh, says V in the New Day. Yeah. Um, I've only seen highlights of this. I've spoke to Ryan, who watched the whole show, who said this was really good, and he like hit up park. Um, I'm gonna probably try and go back to watch it. I mean, it's it's the new day versus the use. So it's always gonna be a good yeah. Match. I mean, they've, I mean, on the one hand, they've done it like so many times, but that just means that they know exactly what they're doing. So yeah, exactly. It's like it's like when FTR face insert team here. Yeah, like FTR might... be the Brit. If FTR fight the Briscoes again, it'd be like, all right, I've already seen this twice, but I know it's going to fucking bang. Yeah. So you know, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Uh, apparently, there was a lot of like really close, um, near falls as well, mm. where like it looked like New Day win. I mean, I think that this is, this is definitely the the closest the Usos have been to dropping the titles. Yeah, I mean, for sure. This is this is the one everyone sort of thought. Oh shit! If they're gonna like take the belts off, I'm like, here's the time to do it. Like New Day, like trying to protect their their record. Obviously, the Usos are going for it. Like it could go out. And like, a lot of the time, it's been like, oh no, Usos are obviously gonna win. But especially people have got people. Some people got this theory that like obviously Roman can't lose the main titles for the Usos lose theirs. You can't have like him being the only guy without belts in the bloodline. Yeah. So for a lot of people, they said like, oh, if 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 you're sort of gearing up for like the beginning of the end for Roman's title reign, then the first horseman basically is going to be the Usos lose the tag belts. I can see them putting a belt on Solo to like kind of add to that. Even even though even though they give um they give Solo like the North American title for like a week, so they could do like that picture. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I still think they should have had Sammy like win the twenty four seven title and act like he was like on Roma's level. That would yeah, that would have been good. That would have been great. Um, but yeah, after the match, uh, the Usos and Roman and Solo all come out, all come out and celebrate around. Um, oh no, sorry, backstage. I misread that. Um, right. And Reigns then says they're gonna have a celebrate in the ring. Um. They announced. They then announced the SmackDown World Cup bracket, which is interesting to say the least. Uh, the winner gets a championship match against Gunther, which is quite a cool little touch. There. Yeah, the World Cup you get title shot, and it makes sense as well. Cup. It's like it's a World Cup winner gets a shot of the Intercontinental title. You know, it's kind of thematic, isn't it? It, it works. Yeah. Um, so the participants are Butch, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, Santos Escobar. Braun Strowman, Ricochet, Jinder Mahal, and Mustafa Ali. And it starts uh, right now. Yeah, which is uh, Santos Escobar picking up a surprise victory over Shinsuke Nakamura. Again, a match that I'm going to have to go back and watch because it probably absolutely slapped. Yeah. Um, the finish saw Escobar hitting, hitting an avalanche 
um, Phantom Driver onto Shinsuke Nakamura to pick up the win. Nice. Uh, yeah, you'll love to see it. Um, and then we got um, a very interesting backstage uh, backstage like bit of action where LA Knight was getting interviewed by Mega Morant. Uh, he said that it's a major fumble that um, he wasn't part of the World Cup. That was cool because like in behind like behind night on the screen, Bray's like logo kept like just and like this sort of like Wyatt family thing kept like flickering on. Yeah. With like the effect. And like she was like getting distracted and then he's like, What what what's going on? He turned around and he's like, Oh no, no, not this guy. No, no, no. Can't be putting his logos. This is my time. I turned around and Bray's just there. Um <laughs> and he can he kind of like it was interesting. He was he kind of like says to LA Knight, Oh, you should like you should sort of give in a bit more to like like stop stop regretting your act- actions and stuff like that. Um that's what I've started doing. And um Knight basically says stick him up at stick him up at um down and um so sort of about Muppets, I can't remember what exactly it was. Basically says go back to the Firefly phone house and play with your Muppets. Um and then Bray just like headbutts LA Knight and kills him apparently. <laughs> and then he disappears and LA Knight's like literally like, where's he gone? So is uh, this is this potentially Bray's first feud coming back? I think this is Bray's first feud. It's gonna be Which LA Knight. Not what a lot of people would have picked or would have thought of. No, but they had like they definitely had some kind of chemistry, like some they had a they had good chemistry on screen. So I was like, all right, well that that makes sense. Yeah, I mean it's it's it'll be it'll be good. It'll be good promos. It'll be like a good build. It'll be like the the back and forth between the two will be great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that again, that'll be interesting to see where they go with this. Uh, apparently. I saw something today that Bray's got almost a hundred percent creative control. Oh, nice! And they basically want, like, wanting to do whatever they can to keep him happy. Yeah, which uh, makes makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, clearly this is what he wanted. Uh, we then get a six pack challenge uh, for the women's t- SmackDown Women's Title Number One Contendership: Sonya Deville, Deville, Liv Morgan, Zaya Lee. Um, Raquel Rodriguez, Lacey Evans, and Shotzi. Um, and yes, yeah, Shotzi picks up the win. Hey, remember Shotzi? Shotzi was cool. Yeah. Um, she got the pin over Lacey Evans. Apparently, they teased a change in gimmick to Lacey Evans after the match. Um, and then backstage as well. Uh, uh, there was like a thing with Emma and Shotzi. Uh, Emma asks uh, Shotzi if she'd seen Madcap Moss before, um, and she got goes looking for him. That's her actual Bit boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, Shayna Baszler basically chokes out um, Shotzi. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Then we get it's announced that Ricochet will be facing Mustafa Ali next week. Um, in the opening round of the World Cup, is Ali on uh, Raw? Should he be in a SmackDown tournament? Nah, don't worry about it. 
Yeah, well, he's, he's just a replacement for Ray, isn't he? Yeah. To be fair, Ali Vers is going towards slap. I mean, Ali Vers is going to be good as well, to be fair. Yeah, that's going to be silly good. Um, looking forward to that. Um, and to, temp- <clears throat> to, to, to sort of temper that, we instead get Jinder Mahal versus Braun Strowman. Yeah. Because um, they can't all be bangers, can they? Yeah, Braun squashes Jinder. He hinders yeah. Jinder. Jinder's Jinder. Sad Jinder noises. Uh, apparently, this was Jinder's first match back after like being injured for months as well. Two former champions yeah, going at it in a two-minute match. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, then when we're meant to get Zelina Vega versus B-Fab, um, Legado, Del Fantasma, and um, the other one, Hit Row, are out for it. Um, before the match starts, the Viking Raiders music hits, and they um, blindside uh, Hit Row and Legado, and then a mystery, the mystery woman comes down looking... Looking like Max the Impaler, but it's not Max the Impaler. It's no, it's a right wing. It's sorry, it's their right wing, non uni equivalent. Yeah, it's um, Maga the Impaler. Um, <laughs> oh God! Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Sarah Logan comes back. She does headbutts and things. Um. She's been playing a lot of um. Yeah. What's that game? Hellblade. Yes. Been playing a lot of that. Yeah. Been, very I mean, been on leave clearly. It it bears sort of like stating that obviously Max the Impaler is based largely on Mad Max. They're in a tag team called the Wasteland War Party with Heidi Howitzer. And Sarah Logan is a Viking spooky girl. However, um, apparently Sarah Logan also went to the same uh, hair lady that Max uses for their hair. Yeah. So, and let's be honest, she drew inspiration. She drew inspiration from Max's look with tracing paper. Yeah, she literally looked like fucking Max Taylor of Wish. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm um, nothing against Sarah Logan, despite the fact that she's apparently a right wing nut job. But, but like, come on, a bit of an originality. Here. Yeah, at least, it's, be it's, a, at, least be, at least come out looking like the the Q shaman or some bullshit. I don't know. You know, he's own it. Um, yeah, like, um, it, it's it's like Axiom. Where did you see that his gear was like? Almost like a direct rip off of a uh, of a guy on the uh, Indies in Canada called Razorwing. Yes, yeah, and like he's been around for like years. He's not a big name, but you know he's he's still got like a, a unique look. Yeah, Max is pretty famous. They're one of them. They're probably the most famous like non-binary wrestler in the world. They've, they've been on shows. They've been on AEW. Mm-hmm. They've been on like shows. They've been in all over they're the wrestling really everywhere. Yeah. So, oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I saw Heidi Howard was losing her shit on Twitter when when um, Sarah came out. Yeah, I I I woke up to seeing Twitter just imploding. I I know Discord to be fair. Yeah, not for the first time. No, just it's been like a reoccurring theme this weekend. 
Well, the quiet weekend away from podcast stuff, and here we are. <laughs> Been no fucking stuff. Walking um, back in like Donald Glover in um community. Yeah, pretty much. Um <laughs> so yeah, that, that happened. Um and then we got a championship celebration, basically the bloodline asking everyone to acknowledge them as like the greatest faction of all time. Um and yeah, then some reason Paul Heyman was going on about England versus the USA, which brought out um the Brawling Brutes, Seamus and Drew McIntyre for proud Englishmen, uh, who are gonna yeah. face the bloodline in war games. All definitely English. All Englishmen from um yeah, from, from England. England. Yeah. All on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, yeah, that was SmackDown. Yay! Fair. Sounds fine. Yeah. I, I I asked I asked Brian his opinions on this, and he, he said it was it was a right show. All right. I mean, WWE sort of lives in that sort of six to seven out of ten range, doesn't it? Where like the, that's the comfort zone, where like everything just good yeah. enough. Yeah, that's it. WWE's I mean, that, imagine... that kid in school who could be top of the class, but they don't really try that hard, so they just sort of like get by. Yeah, I imagine um, the first two matches would have been pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they, I mean, they sound they sound good. So yeah, um, mm-hmm. right. Before we move on to AEW, we'll have a, a quick ad if you if you indulge us. So, are you having trouble sleeping but always feel tired? It's time to try Recovery PM and see why thousands of customers keep coming back for more. Most over-the-counter sleep aids are just melatonin. The problem with that is if you can't relax and fall asleep in the first place, that melatonin is just going to make you irritable. Recovery PM is a professional blend of nine clinically proven natural sleep aids and tranquilizers plus magnesium. So you're going to relax and then experience deep sleep and wake up refreshed and ready to attack the day. Your whole life is affected by lack of sleep. Your work, your relationships, your mood, your performance, and guys... That includes in the bedroom. Did you know that lack of sleep reduces your testosterone as much as by aging 10 years? So upgrade to Recovery PM for 30 days and you'll be amazed at how you feel. Thousands of people already have and over 85% of them come back for more. So Jay, obviously this is where I throw it to you. I know you're 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 trialing yeah. this product. You're you're sort of, you're currently yeah. transitioning from like from a hectic sort of work schedule to a nine to five. So sleep regulation yeah. is very important for a man in your position. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, not not that I'd sa- you'd be able to tell right now because I'm pretty tired. But that is not a reflection of recovery PM. That's not a reflection of this. Um, no, I I had some last night. I got a really good night's sleep actually. Um, and yeah, I I did feel very refreshed starting my new first day of a new job. Um, looking forward to like obviously how it's going to improve over a couple of weeks of using it. And how my sleep is going to improve. Yeah, so you doing? Um, are you doing like the thirty day challenge? Are you? Or... Yeah, pretty much. Oh, nice. So, we'll um, have, so if you, obviously, if you listen to the podcast over the next few weeks, you'll have Jay's sort mean, of sleep diary almost like evolving over time. I'm, I'm prob, I'm probably picking like the wrong time to do it when there's like literally full gear this weekend and Survivor Series the weekend after. <laughs> but you know, I'll be all right. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll, I'll get on just fine. So, 
Jay, what can people do if they want to get hold of some of this fantastic product? Um, you can go to LegacySups.com or RecoveryPM.com and use the discount code UWP, all caps, to get 15% off of your order. That's UWP, all caps, to get 15% off all of your order. So you can go and get the best sleep of your life today at RecoveryPM.com. Right then, we're going to have another quick break. Uh, we'll have some Delane and some Ash doing a bit of bit of Holland and a bit of Ireland there. And then we'll be back in a few minutes to talk all things AEW. Okay, we're back. Right, we're going to be straight on with a little bit of AEW news. Not Again, not a great deal considering, I think, obviously they're in there. I mean, it's almost the other way here, isn't it? Like WWE is sort of in a bit of limbo, whereas AEW is like barreling full speed down towards full gear and there's not enough time for news. Um, there's, and all the, I suppose there's no one else to suspend or sack or anything. That's all been taken care of. So, um, First off, then, a bit, a bit of bad news. Uh, and it seems to be like, oh, it seems to be almost like a recurring thing. So, uh, Abaddon uh, apparently suffered a recent injury at uh, an indie show uh, for Warriors of Wrestling, uh, believed to be a broken collarbone. Uh, apparently, they went up for a, um, a Hurricane Rana and just landed awkwardly on the shoulder. Um, with, at, they apparently matter to be stopped. They were taken to the hospital. And yeah, it sucks because, I mean, if it feels like only yesterday we were reporting the last time Abaddon suffered a, an injury and the match had to be stopped against uh, Ty Mello. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've been really unlucky with injuries. Um, and someone who's like got a really good kind of like look, really unique sort of wrestler. Like, there's not many people like Abaddon within wrestling. Um, someone I want to obviously see a lot more of, but unfortunately, yeah. can't always get that. And as someone who has also broke the collarbone, I can confirm it fucking sucks. Um. Oh. Can't put your pants. I couldn't put my jeans on for like two weeks. I have to sleep sitting up. Yeah, it's the whole like you don't really have to use your shoulder to like regulate your body position. It's oh fucking it's fucking horrible. So please do get better soon. Like, yeah, it's a big mm-hmm. uh, big rugby player's injury. Obviously, you leave the shoulder a lot. So there you go. Um, yeah. Next up, then according to Daddy Dave, Dave Meltzer, uh, one of the main reasons that Bandido recently chose to sign with AW um, over WWE was his ability to remain living in Mexico. He has a young family over there. His partner doesn't want to relocate. Um, and if he were to move to WWE, he'd have to go to Florida to report to NXT. And then he'd be on the road when he joined the main roster. So obviously he didn't fancy any of that. This this sort of... So stories like this, um, this for me sort of also shoots down the rumor from last week that AEW were going to move to do house shows. Uh, no, not necessarily. Or at least certainly not like some, some talent weren't. Because like, you hear that a lot of this, like people signing for AW because they don't have to be on the road all the time and they can stay living with their families, they don't have to do this or that. And obviously this it's a big draw for people like in people in Bandido's position. Like like indie guys who've been on the indies for a long time and have been used to like sort of having their own schedule who don't necessarily want to get onto this like sort of full time grind that WWE seems to like be. Yeah, I mean the the other thing with that is they could just do like one like one house show we in, they they could literally position it in between like um dynamite and rampage tapings. Yeah. So you could do like dynamite on the Wednesday, rampage on the Friday, and on the Thursday do like a town in between. But like rampage would always be like the house show, wouldn't it? Because it's like a one hour taping. 
and then you could have some like dark matches as well at the same time or whatever. You could sort of figure some out, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. Be interested yeah. to see what well, AEW, especially now that Jeff Jarrett's there, we'll talk about this. I'll, I'll throw this on at the end. Uh, now that Jeff Jarrett's there and he's obviously handling live events, it'd be interesting to see how what AEW becomes like a, from a live perspective in the next sort of twelve months. I mean, to a degree, you could look at the Universal Studios tapings they do for um, for um, Dark as like house shows in a sense, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, right, next up, next piece of news, uh, or back to Daddy Dave in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported that the Elite might well be the focus of the new reality show that uh, Warner Bros. Discovery are currently filming. Uh, so this would explain, to an extent, why they've been backstage the last couple of weeks, despite not appearing on TV. I bet they wish they had the fucking cameras backstage, like, a couple of weeks before. Oh, why couldn't they? Yeah, I mean, if anyone caught that on TV, fucking H. Steel going full werewolf on uh, Kenny Omega. Actual dog money steal. <laughs> that, um, there, was, there was something I think you put it on Discord. There was something on Twitter, and it was like it was the elite driving the golf cart and pump running away from it. Oh, I saw that. And then I, on, I on, on top, just a steal with like his teeth bird. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. oh my god, that, that that that's never that's never going away, is it? That, that that's there forever. No. Yeah, it is. Any steal for the rest of his career now is just, or whatever his career now becomes, is just to be the guy who bit Kenny Omega. Something tells me he's going to go work for like AT&T Wireless or something like that. <laughs> that about him. He then who yeah. faces Slim Jims and like chomp down on a Slim Jim. Or he'll, he'll do like a, a, one of those like invisible braces commercials. <laughs> what, like Invisalign? Yeah. I bit a man and didn't break my braces. <laughs> and yep. you fail. So were you excited to watch uh, an elite um, reality show? Do you mean like being the elite? Basically, yeah. what, what if being the elite but on television and without like the fun bits? Um, How much of it yeah. just to be John Silver throwing packs of mustard at things? <laughs> um. I mean, I'm more excited about being the elite coming back. Yeah, can we have that back now, please? Because it's been too I long. Being the elite. Mondays suck enough without BT. Like with BT, let's, let's bring BT back. Like I can't handle, can't handle it. So, uh, right, cool. and again, I have not put it down here, but we we did touch on it just then, and it was mentioned on this week's show. The the biggest for us personally, the biggest piece of news, uh, Tony Giovanni, just as a throwaway line, you fucking tease, said that AEW confirmed they will be coming to the UK. In 2023. Yeah. Set down Rampage as well. Yeah. Dropping that shit. Details next week, next Wednesday, I believe. Either next Wednesday or like full gear. Or full gear. I have cleared Apparently, my, I've cleared my entire 2023 schedule just to make sure that I'm not busy when the when this event is. Apparently as well. Um the the other thing. Um, that is getting announced the full gear is potentially a release date for Fight Forever. Oh, okay. That's interesting. AW, because obviously there's that rumor going around that the AW game's going to be on Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, AW games did come out and sort of like dismiss that. Yeah, but they're not going to uh, say, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, before we even announce the release date, it's going to be on Game Pass because then people aren't going to pre order it. So, yeah. You can take everything with uh, a pinch of salt now until, until it's all said and done. 
yeah, but they did say we will be making an announcement in regards to details of the release uh, at Full Gear. Yeah. Full Gear. Uh, and so the, the rumour that actually came out today, very, very, um, just before we went live here, or let's say live before we start recording, um, the rumour going around about AW in the UK is a potentially a live, or a, a dynamite taping, it will be live because of the time difference, a dynamite taping at Wembley Arena and then a rampage taping at the AO Arena in Manchester. That's two nights yeah. in April. Um, now, that's interesting, as I said, I said on Discord, because they were two uh, two arenas that TNT, TNA used to tape at a lot when they did their UK runs. And obviously, Jeff Jarrett was involved in TNA. He's now involved with AW doing their live events. He probably knows all the people yeah. at those arenas who do all those bits and bobs. He's probably got the connections to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, like as as you say, how um, how, how the how how is like hiring kind of impacts it. Yeah. Pun intended. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's also a lot of people were saying as well why weren't why wasn't Craven Cottage being discussed? Obviously, you know, um, Khan family owned Fulham. Yeah. Well, the problem with Craven Cottage is it would have to be in the off season. Yeah. So that would impact when they'll be able to come across and tour. They want to do it in April. If they did it at Cream Cottage, it would have to be in like July or August. Yeah. Well, there was talk of them doing. Um, it was the it was twenty twenty one, wasn't it, or twenty twenty, of doing Fighter Fest. Um, yeah. In Craven Cottage, in well, July. And and again, I mean, my only concern about these venues is that, and they're not tiny, but they're not massive, and they tickets will mm. sell. Very quickly, but it's the first time that AW, especially if it's only two nights. Yeah, like I mean, these will you will be, yeah. these arenas will pack out like because pe- people in this country are thirsty for AW to come here. Yeah, um, yeah, I I feel like they could do bigger venues. I really do. I mean, it makes I suppose it makes sense in one respect, like sort of test the water, see what the market's like. I'd rather have like. 10,000 rabid fans than like a half full 30 arena I suppose yeah that's true that's true so yeah we'll see we'll see obviously we'll have more on that next week hopefully we'll, we'll know a bit more uh, by the time we've got through full gear and um, next week's Dynamite Rampage uh, yeah. right speaking of which we're going to have another quick short break if you're on jacks we will have some Hocus Pocus by Focus I love saying that. Um, top Dutch band. Um, we'll be back to talk about Dynamite and Rampage. And we are back. Okay, so Dynamite was up first. I mean, I mean, remember when we used to talk back in the day, like two years ago, about your typical like Dynamite opening match, which was like a mad sort of multi-man tag match where all this mad shit happens and like all these super spots. Yeah, we're, we're back, baby, um, because we kicked off with Swerving Our Glory and the Gun Club taking on the acclaimed and FTR. Yeah, and this was a banger. Yep, Max Caster had the most sports references in his rap, made references to um, Tom Brady, who was the former, because it's in Boston tonight, the former Boston or New England Patriots quarterback who just he's now getting beat on the reg down in Tampa Bay because he's old. Um, Carrie Irving, who's had to re- uh, apologize for basically saying a lot of anti Semitic nonsense on Twitter. And was there someone else as well? I can't remember. Was this baseball related? 
Um, I, I understood all the references, which is rare for me. And I remember because they were all was, sports ones. About the World Series, wasn't it? Like the Astros beat the Phillies or something. Yeah, but yeah, I, I remember. I remember understanding all of the references, which was which was quite a quite a one for me. Which was I felt really young and hip for about five minutes. It was great. Um, yeah, this match absolutely slapped. Um, interesting little point as well. Uh, Keith Lee did not fist bump Swerve as part of their entrance. He walked right past him. Yeah. Um, there was a little tease as well, wasn't there, that like, the acclaimed and FTR weren't on the same page. Yeah, and that, that showed up at the end as well. Um, there was some like tension there. Because there was a bit, wasn't there, where like, the acclaimed wanted to scissor with FTR at the beginning of the match, and FTR like, hesitated for a bit before going in for it. Yeah. But yeah, really, really fun match. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, that's so weird, because I think they've always been a bit better than we thought, but we can start putting the guns up on that sort of into that proper tag team division like quality bracket now, can't we? Yeah, that's it. Because they, they they hung with three of AEW's best tag teams here. Yeah, really good. Um, yeah, this was a really, really good tag match. Um, I mean, it was it was one of them, wasn't it? Like it, again, it was back to like old school AW. It was the action was so frantic that even the camera couldn't keep up. Sometimes he missed, so they missed some of the spots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was it was uh, really good. I, I like the I like the fact as well that like they kind of hit stereo finishes on the Ass Boys. Yeah, I mean the Ass Boys were absolutely. If, if, if you pointed at all these teams and said who's getting pinned here, you'd point at the Ice Boys and be like, them. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and you were not wrong. Also, I liked at the start as well, um, we were like, where's Billy Gunn? And then he just like ran down after everyone else had come out and just annihilated Twerve. Yeah, and then got like dragged to the back. Yeah. Daddy Ass yeah. was, was hot. Um, He's not allowed to scissors boys at the moment. No. Uh, yeah, so next, and, and so it's obviously... Um, FTR hits the big rig. Um, they, they claimed hit the arrival and the mic drop. They pin. Um, and then after the match, there's a bit of like a little bit, of, little bit of sort of friction. And then FTR hand the acclaim their titles, and they all stand there. All the gold gets lifted. So it's it's they're leaving it. They're leaving it. The sort of it's not been said, but it's like oh, at some point we are going to have to talk about FTR versus the acclaimed. I think winter is coming. Yeah. And more importantly, well, not more importantly, but also we we should point out um, the acclaimed are dropping their next music video next week as well. They are. So look forward to that. It's going to be all about Swerve and Billy Gunn's hands, apparently. So, yeah. Will it be as good as Goth Phase? Who knows? Can anything be as good as Goth Phase? Who knows? What What about the one they did on Mox and Kings? And that was quite good. What <laughs> with uh, with Bowens in a fat suit pretending? Oh, you know, for a fat, we're getting Bowens back in a fat suit. <laughs> and uh, Trash Day as well was good. Trash Day was good. Yeah, they, they, they haven't really missed on, on the music video so far. They're all, they're all really good. Uh, next up then, we had an MGF appearance, but not the way you would have necessarily thought you were going to get one. Yeah. Uh, he was on a podcast. Yeah, uh, Pod My Take, which is apparently the number one sports podcast in America. I've never yeah, heard of. Which it, I thought it was Ariel Helwani's one, but there we go. I think we don't have a lot to mention him on the on, on AW program anymore. Oh, we'll see about it. <laughs> um, yeah, this was really fucking good. Uh, MJF just like mentioning getting overshadowed by one thing or another. Pretty much, he mentioned the fu- the all out press conference as well. 
Yes, he did. He mentioned that. He mentioned The Rock. He mentioned Cena. He mentioned Stone Cold. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But he's basically just there. He, he's ba- it, it's interesting. So he's basically like saying, I am um, got a lot to think about, but I'm going to beat John Moxley. Yeah. And straight after this, we get like a Stokely Hathaway. Um, video package where he's accusing MJF of dick riding John Moxley. Yeah. Interesting at the end, he basically said, win, lose, or draw, full gear, he's going to see him in hell. Which now, it's given people the fear that it's totally going to cost well, MJF, is he going to cost Moxley? You're like, what, what's going on here? He also said the worst crime you can commit is dick riding without a license. Yeah. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... I've got a horrible feeling they're going to get involved in this match somehow, but I feel like they have to strike when the iron's hot. Yeah. All right, next up then, we had the first match in the four-gear eliminated tournaments, uh, Ethan Page versus Eddie Kingston. I love this. So, like, early in the week, they were, like, they were putting things on Twitter, but, like, oh, Eddie Kingston has history with Ethan Page. Like, bitch, Eddie Kingston has history with everybody. Yeah, Eddie <laughs> Kingston always addresses his enemies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was a really good match. I mean, the Eddie Kingston Boston pop was something else, wasn't it? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's the Eddie Kingston pop in general. Um, yeah, this this was good. Um, Eddie actually tapped Ethan out with the stretch plum, but um, Stokely's distracting the referee, which allows Paige to get out. And, and once, then... once again, Eddie gets in his own head, so Eddie gets so furious with Stokely that he drops the hold and starts, like, trying to get Stokely out. Yeah. Um, and then it leads to Ethan Page hitting an avalanche. He goes head on edge on Eddie, which looked horrible. Yeah, yeah, um, looked terribly upsetting. Um, and he picks up the win. Yeah, I think Ethan's a good shout here. I think the final is going to be Ricky Starks versus Ethan Page because though either way you look at it, if the fa- if the fame and MJF are basically still in cahoots, then Ricky Starks is the most natural babyface they've got in this yeah. tournament. Um, if they keep MJF as a babyface, then Ethan Page and MJF pretty much writes itself. Yeah. But either uh, way, going to be one of them. Next up, then, uh, we had a little quick backstage interview. Roosh basically said he's going to win the tournament, then he's going to give 10 the first title shot because he respects him. Uh, John Silver said they don't want none, and then they have a big fight. Yeah, John Silver was a menace this week, wasn't he? <laughs> yep. Uh, then Arya Davari is out. He basically offers Jeeves K in exchange for the TNT title. Yeah, and Jeeves K looks terrified. <laughs> Jeeves K was like, he's there with the money, and he's like, well, hang on, I thought you meant the money, not me. Yeah. Um... Uh, Wardlow comes out and just I love this. So um, he's like, oh, yeah, take him. And then Wardlow just throws Jeeves K out of the ring. And then Davari realizes that he done fucked up. And oh, then yeah. Wardlow just headbutts him, clotheslines him, and then powerbombs him like six times and pins him. Yeah. Then after the match, we get Hobbs out. Who actually challenges Wardlow to a match this time. Um, Wardlow says he'll defend that belt and then he'll take whatever other belt he wants. And that like just triggers Samoa Joe, just yeah. chokes him out. Joe just goes and yeah, Joe just goes full betray mode, hits him in the back with the belt, and then yeah, puts him in the in the uh, Gugina clutch. 
Is there a chance, do you think, they do Wardlow, Hobbs, Joe, to unify both belts? Yeah. That way Hobbs can pin Joe and Wardlow can not get pinned and Hobbs can be champion. Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. I think so. Because that way you get the belt off Wardlow without him taking a loss, really. And you get the belt on Hobbs, Wardlow can then go and do something else. Hobbs can just annihilate Jobbers for like a year as TNT champion, break uh, Cody's record. And it's fine. Yeah, that, that sounds like it worked. Although uh, yeah. I also wouldn't surprise. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if like they kept it on Wardlow for a while. So, well, as you were saying, though, the TNT, oh, sorry, the, the TV title, the Ring of Honor TV title, just feels like it's just there, doesn't it? Yeah. At this point. It's... It's not really yeah. doing anything. Like you said, it was a replacement for the pure title, and like they've got that back now, so they don't need it so much anymore. Yeah. So maybe it's time maybe maybe think about retiring that. If you've got especially Ring of Honor is not get imminently getting a TV show. You know, you don't really need it hanging around. Or just take get rid of it until um until the TV show starts. I feel, I feel like um I feel like ROH is gonna announce something soon if the Doing final battle. Yeah. Fair. Next up then, nice quick one. Basically, Jade says she's going to take on Nyla at full gear for the title. Nyla's still got the title, obviously, but yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. Um, next up then, we have the in-ring segments with Britt Baker and Soraya. I actually quite like this. Yeah. I thought Soraya did pretty well. Yeah, she got a little bit emotional when she said she's been cleared. But... I mean, that's, that's understandable, to be fair. Yeah. It was like at this point, like the way it kept secret, wasn't? Yeah, Brit as well. Um, really good, really good mic work for Brit. Like really good promo. Both saying about how she built up the division and like Soraya didn't do anything. But she just came over when it was ready and time to go. Mm. So I really like that. And then it's I like she there was a there was a, a line where she said, "Oh yeah, she basically she was handpicked by Tony Khan, then she was fed trainees from QT school to like sort of pad her record." This was Brit. Um and yeah. Basically, um Brit tries to attack Soraya, Soraya hits a finisher. And yeah, they're gonna have she's gonna make a debut at full gear. So it's on. Big match. Yeah, this did feel big as well. And I feel like if they if they had enough time behind this, they could probably make this feel as big a deal or as big as big a deal as they could. Of this, like, as uh, on a similar level to like Punk coming back, because obviously, yeah. Saray is quite like a big name wrestling come back from a severe injury. Yeah, it feels big, doesn't it? It feels feels good. Um, next up, then mm-hmm. you had Jay Lethal on that backstage. I like this. Cole Carter comes up and I'm like, oh, thanks very much for last week. You were great. They give him a, an envelope full of cash. QT takes the envelope, takes like one bill out, gives it to Cole, and is like, yeah, the rest's mine. Like that's you know. Used car salesman. <laughs> She's gonna invest that in in a five year old Hyundai's. Yeah, uh, and then basically the best friends turn up, and Orange Cassidy wants a match with Lee Johnson. And he goes like, "QT's like, yo, you like to fit on that belt?" And Orange's like, "Oh, there, Lee Johnson, do you want a match? Let's do it." And then just walks off. Yeah, and then um, Trent basically just. Challenges lethal so much as well, doesn't he? Yeah, like he's like, let's do a match, let's do it tonight in Dynamite, and then it just happens. Like, uh, again, so I know people aren't too fond of matches getting made on the fly, but I like it when it happens like this because I think it really suits the best friends, like MO. 
Like they're just sort of like chaotic energy, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they really are. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, lethal beats Tremperetta, sad noises. Um, but he gets like ganged up on, doesn't he? So it's fine. Yeah. I like yeah. how um Danhausen punches Sanji in the in the groin and then sat up just murders him. Yeah, I feel like Danhausen's like on the verge of becoming like Murderhausen. I've got a theory about this for Rampage, we'll we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um yeah, we then get announced there. Sanjay um brings out Jarrett, who then says it's gonna be Jarrett Lethal versus Sting and Darby. Yeah, so two big debuts at full gear in ring debuts. Yeah. The last outlaw. Listen up, slap nuts. Slap nuts intensifies. Um, uh, I'll let you talk about this John Moxley promo because I know you loved it. I not that I didn't. But yeah, no, this this was excellent. Um, I, I, John Moxley just cuts this awesome promo. He's doing him and Regal are out, and he's talking about and, and, and it's like Moxley's talking about how you know he he, he respects Regal. Um, but like, he, he, when he was younger, he tried to pick a fight with Regal, and Regal basically destroyed him because he wasn't ready and he wasn't like he wasn't the man he thought he was. Um, and it made him work harder, and he basically he reminded us all that he beat MGF two years ago. Uh, I love the bit where he said like, "MGF calls himself the devil," and then John Mox like, "You're not the devil. I've met the devil. I've seen the devil." He said, "I've seen some bad men do bad things, and, and you ain't one of them." And it was like, and Mox is just almost like like chuckling to himself at this point because I mean I've read Moxie's book I, I know what he's talking about like he's he's been in some horrible places um, yeah and MGF and, you know, and Moxie's like yeah you're not the devil you're some rich boy who thinks he's dead hard and I'm going to bat you basically yeah uh, yeah this is this match is going to be awesome isn't it yeah Big, I feel it feels an all. It feels awesome. It feels huge. It feels massive. Um, it feels like Moxie's going to do actual murder on MGF. Like I, I, I still think MGF's going to win, but like the intrigue for me now is how they're going to make him win. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's very much. Is he going to win clean? Is he going to win by the fame interfering on his behalf? The fame interfering against them. Mm. There's a lot of avenues they could take this. It really is. I, I, I'm, I'm well in. Once again, AEW managed to like slowly sucker me into the main event, like with intrigue. And now, now, now I really can't wait for it. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be great. Next, then we had our weekly. We, we all we all knew it was coming, but when was it gonna hit in the show? The Kenny and the books getting into doubt of shit. But this was going back even further. This was going back to like baby pictures of them and pictures of them when they were like breaking into the business throughout their entire yeah. lives. Uh, and there was a clock, a lot of the full gear, sort of like mechanical bits in the background. Like, didn't they show like um, the graphic of them a full gear and it was like faded away? Yeah. And then obviously the AW logo with the E missing as well. So yeah, um, it, obviously something's going to happen to full gear regarding all this, which is going to be again another must see bit of a bit of television. I think something might happen this week on Dynamite. Yeah. You reckon? Oof. Oof. Yeah. Intriguing. Uh, next up then, we had uh, Jamie Hayter just doing murder on Sky Blue. Yeah, this was qu- quick and painful. Yeah, not quick and painless, the other one. Um, um, yeah, she just did a fucking murder on poor Sky Blue. Sky Blue brought Tony Storm out as like emotional support, but it wasn't 
going to do her any good. Just made Jamie angrier. Yeah. Which is great. Can't wait for this match of fuck here. Can't wait for these two women to just beat the piss out of each other. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Put them, on, put them on first. Let them go 50 minutes with a hot crowd. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then the main event, Brian Daniels versus Sammy Guevara, two out of three falls. Hell of a match. Like, really, really good match. Ooh, this is banging. Uh, smart by Sammy. He, he he gives up the first fall by just nailing Daniels in the face with a chair. Yeah. Um, it goes to work on Danielson's eye. Um, and then he immediately starts pissing blood out of his face. Yeah. Uh, and then very quickly after... Um, Sammy hits a GTH to level it up. Yeah. I think at one point he legitimately breaks Danielson's nose as well. Oh, really? Yeah, when he, I think it's when he puts a cross face on and he just like crushes his nose with his hands. Christ. Um, yeah, and then the um, match continues basically with Sammy just working over Danielson. Danielson, a lot of the time, um, looked like he could have lost. I, I, Genuinely had the fear. Oh, he's on the back foot because obviously the, the match starts with with Sammy hitting with the chair, and like that, Danielson doesn't win the first ball. He gets awarded it as a DQ, and he's mm-hmm. he's on he's under the cosh for a lot of this match. He's, he's on the back foot for most of it. Like it's a lot of just him trying to survive against Sammy. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. There was the bit where like uh, Sammy got Danielson the walls Jericho and the uh, lion tamer, and the lion tamer was like, oh fucking hell, this is. <laughs> goes for a couple of more GTHs, but um, Danielson just able to like sort of counter out of them, which is really nice. Is that lovely one where he sort of counters down and then hits that like rising knee and goes like fucking murders him? Yeah, um, and then there was the one as well where he uh, reversed into like a heel hook. Yeah, uh, and then to basically to finish the match up, um, he locks in the LaBelle lock, Sammy tries to get to the ropes and he transitions into um into like a rings of satin. Yeah, it's still a crossface, but he just like traps the other arm basically, which it looked fucking horrible. Yeah. Sammy eventually submits and well, I think I think he just goes out, doesn't he? Yeah, you're right, he goes. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that's it. Danielson wins. Danielson stands tall to win the to win the show. Yeah. Um Made Sammy feel like he can belong with oh, yeah. uh, with the Danielson. Doesn't feel out of place in that match with the uh, no. him and Claudia. No, it was great. Uh, right, we'll move on to Rampage then, um, real quick. Um, but yeah, Dynamo, I thought Dynamo was really, really fun this week. Uh, I really enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, Rampage, an odd one. Rampage starts with a promo, which I don't think it's ever done before, except for maybe the CM Punk episode. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed this. Uh, Christine Cage and John Luchasaurus are out. Jungle Boy comes out. Uh, and Jungle Boy's just running down how like they cost him more than the match. They cost him his a friendship. Uh, they cost him three years of his life that he spent tagging with Luchasaurus. Um, and then Jim, <laughs> Christine Cage still being a scumbag. Like, I hope you make sure your mum's watching at the pay per view. Yeah. He's, he says something like, you just like your dad, you're a pretty face. Yeah, and nothing else. To, like, hit him. Uh, Luchasaurus um, ends up choke slamming Jungle Boy onto a, a open steel chair, which was just upsetting. 
Yeah, uh, but the upshot of this is that they're going to have a cage match at full gear. Yeah, this should be good. Which is going to be nasty. Yeah, but yeah, looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Lexi Nurse backstage with Death Triangle. And I like this. Pac's just there with a hammer. And he's like, oh, yeah. You know the, you know the reason why you're not all as a champion? You know the reason why Pence is not world champion? It's because you don't take advantage. You don't use all the advantage you've got. And he's like, yeah, next time we're going to keep... And he's like, yeah, we're at the top of the mountain now. We've got these titles. People are going to be coming for them. The only way to keep them. And he's like tapping the title with the hammer. He's like, we've got to use every opportunity. Yeah. Pac just likes murdering people with hammers. Yeah, Pac likes hammers now. That's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Any means necessary. Uh, next up, Brian Cage and Dante Martin. Um, yeah, what a clash of styles this was, but in a really good way. Yeah, um, yeah, they've they've done really well um, to do to pull off this match. Brian Cage, since he's come back, he has not been a slouch in the ring, has he? No, he's been like when he first like shown up, and it was like, "Oh fuck, Brian Cage is awesome." Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out, you just put against a load of flippy boys, and he'll yeah. be fucking boards with. Put up against people he can throw into the sun, and it's it's absolutely fine. Uh, or you can throw him, and he yeah. can throw around. Uh, Cage wins Weapon X, which looked like it was a war crime. Yeah, it was a bit sad, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Um, really, really fun. Um, next up, Hook interrupts Lee Moriarty and Stokely. I thought the stare down. So maybe Lee Moriarty be Hook on the pre-show. Probably. I'll, I'll take a bit of that. I'll take that. Uh, next up, this wonderful House of Black vignette. Again, following on, following. On, so following follow on from last week. One thing I've heard some people doing some digging online. Apparently, the guy narrating it is the guy who played Pinhead in Hellraiser. Oh, is it? Yeah. I knew it was, I was going to say, I knew it was someone famous. I thought it was um, David Thewlis. Sounds a bit like him. Oh, yeah. The actor. The is actor. he from Liverpool, David Thewlis? He is. He's the scouser from the Big Lebowski. He is. He is Knox Harrington. He is. With a bad scouser accent. Samata Lebowski. <laughs> no, <that laughs> hurts my soul. Um, but yeah, this was great. It followed on and it showed like um, obviously like them all being like reborn from the elements. So Brody coming up like covered in like dirt and ash. Uh, Buddy just like sitting in a pool because apparently that's all Buddy does. Just looks dope in water. That's his superpower. Buddy just looks evil all the time. Right. <laughs> and then Malachi like the bit of fire all over him. Uh, Julia Hart like sort of run. And it's interesting. Like it seems very much like Julia Hart's a much more sort of central figure now. Yeah. Um, They called them a different name, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, but I can't remember what it was. It was like the kingdom of something. Possibly, yeah. They had um, they had that like dope logo, like the tree. They've got, like, I was going to say, they've got a new logo. Yeah. I really enjoyed I that. That was, was nice. It was the kingdom of something, but I can't remember what it was exactly. But yeah, this this was this was phenomenal. Um, yeah, more of this, please. Uh, can't wait for the House of Black to come back and do some murder on probably the elite or something. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the House of Black are going to return at full gear and murder whoever's the trio's champions. Yeah, probably. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, next up, then we had well, we like Flippy Boys. How about all the have all the Flippy Boys in the world? Just Bandido v Rouge. Yeah, this is good. This was good, but also I wasn't a fan of the finish. 
Oh, yeah, so Dark Order get involved, John Silver's music comes out, Roost distracted, Bandita rolls him up. I mean, it kind of makes sense, because they've been pissing off the Dark Order, haven't they? And, like, it's only right mm. that they'll, they'll, they'll hit back. Obviously, Roosh's feud, next feud is going to be with the Dark Order. And, yeah, it's nice that they get something to do anyway, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah, just knowing what these two are capable of, it was a bit... Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the match was good. The action was good in the ring. Like, the two the two guys that have always got chemistry. Um, I can't wait. I want to see Although, the fight. I was going to say, if you rewind it back at him, the final battle, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, if these guys want to fight again for a bit, that'd be great. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, it's a fun match. Uh, next up, Nyla Rose squashes Kayla Spark. So this was, was this like a Nyla Rose's quote, like, open challenge for the TBS title? Yeah. Um... Yeah, it was basically Nyla did all of um, all of like Jade's offense as well. Yeah, yeah, she did the pump kick. She did Jade. Yeah, and then um, the baddies come out at the end to try and get the belt back, but Nyla just kills them. Yeah, Nyla's fucking brilliant. She's she's so entertaining. I, again, I can't wait for Nyla to be Jade. I think there's a real. I'm, I'm pretty sure Jade's gonna win, but there's a real chance that Nyla could. Yeah, I think. I think that they're probably going to keep the belt on Jade for a year. Mm. I, sh- I can see her losing it at Battle of the Belts. Right, Maybe. so we'll move, we'll on. move on to the pre-main event interview. Uh, so again, this is clue one. I think we might be getting Evil Danhausen. Like, really like freaking out, weird, like, worked up Danhausen here. Yeah, so basically this all started on Dark Elevation on Halloween when Danhausen, to the height of his powers, where Lee... Mo- uh, Lee Moriarty, Lee Johnson joined the factory. Well, rejoined the factory technically because he he came from yeah. the night factory training, didn't he? But he was no part of the faction. Yeah, he um didn't Danhausen call them hat men or something like that. Yeah, um, and he screamed that he was going to rip QT Marshall's teeth out. Please give me that, please. I I want Danhausen feeding QT Marshall a jar of teeth. Yeah. Um, and Orange kind of like calms him down, pulls out his own microphone, and is like, it's time for the main events. Yeah, Mark, Mark Henry. Like, oh, whoa, that's my line. Progressively more annoyed at Orange Cassidy. Um, you know, next week, so they ran down next week's card. Are you excited for Death Triangle versus Top Flight and AR Fox? I am very excited for that. <laughs> because... Also on Dark Elevator. On Dark Elevation tonight is AR Fox versus the Pentagon. Yeah, and Danny Garcia uh, defending the pure title against Liam Ruffin as well. Ooh, I did not know that. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. But yeah, yeah Orange Cassidy really Johnson, really fun match. So the moment, I think there's an important moment here on the outside is that um, QT pile drives Danhausen on the steel steps. Yeah, and then Danhausen gets helped to the back. Yeah, I think that's his like broken moment. Well, since Danhausen's been tweeting pictures of like, or like tweeting gifts of himself, but like with obviously his evil, his really evil makeup he's got. Yeah. It's like, it's like nuclear option makeup. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I think this could be the beginning of Spooky Danhausen, um, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, match was fun. Obviously, um, Cassidy was always going to win, wasn't he? Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of kind of. Um, a lot of interference on the outside, but it worked. It worked because of that. Um, yeah. And yeah, eventually, 
It, it, I, I really like the way that like every time a different member of the factory got involved, it, they took out like a different member of the best friends. Yeah. And then like at the end, like where Trent just like surprised motherfucking QT Marshall. And then at the end, um, after the win, the best friends all hug in the middle of the ring and then they realise Cole Carter's in there, so they just bathroom. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, that, that finish was pretty cool, the new one. It was like, um, it was it was kind of like the Shield Powerbomb, wasn't it? Yeah. But the uh, best friends got like Carter up for a double choke slam and then Orange like just come in and like powerbomb on them. Which makes sense because Orange wouldn't want to lift someone up by himself for a problem because it's too much effort. No, absolutely not. Get someone else to do it. Yeah, of course, mate. Uh, yeah, so that's it. That's going to rock it for AEW. Um, obviously, I think we haven't got time to do um, what you call it, full gear predictions. What we might do is throw a little bonus pod up towards the end of the week with some picks yeah. um, once we know what's happened on Dynamite or even Rampage. But we'll see. We'll see how we get on with that. We'll see where we can fit it in. Um, obviously, the card's still not full, is it? So we'll see what what gets announced next week. Uh, right then, we we'll could move... do, a, do a live stream on Saturday. We could. I'm in Manchester, but we can make some work. Um, awesome. yeah, we'll try and do something. Uh, right. Well, I have one last quick break. Um, we'll have a bit of Van Morrison and some undertones to keep the Northern Irish action going, and then we'll pop back with a quick bit of stuff from the rest of the world. Okay then, and we're back. We've got about about ten minutes left to run through some stuff. For the rest of the world. Um, so before we get into a show recap, which is good, we're going to have a little look at the Nick Age Invitational that took place the, there the other day. Just just quickly, we're going to talk about the state of the National Wrestling Alliance. Do we have to? Just very briefly. <laughs> it's kind of it's all gone a bit Pete. It's all gone a bit Pete Tong in the NWA, hasn't it? Oh, mate. Me, me, me. So Nick Aldis, it was pretty much like the linchpin of the NWA's like resurgence. I mean, would it be unfair uh, to say that Nick Aldis dragged it to relevancy over the past like sort of two, three years? Yeah, like he had an, he had um, he held the belt for a thousand days. Yeah, over like two reigns, put it on his back and carried it up the hill, and then mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Tyrus basically. Yeah, um, Billy Corgan. It sounds so. I I, I watched them the um, Sam Roberts podcast with Nick Alderson, where he's kind of like explaining why he decided to leave the NWA. The, only, watched... the, the only other podcast Nick Alders has been on in the last few weeks, other than the Untitled Wrestling podcast. Yeah, um, very interesting interview. Um, he he basically said like. Billy Corgan kind of tried to do like a work shoot angle, but worked himself into a shoot. Brother, 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 brother. Um, so he said that he said that he he wanted to kind of like pitch, and he wanted to pitch basically winning back the title, but he was like, I I, I want someone else here to just kind of like, no, I'm not just politicking for it, mm-hmm. and. Billy Corgan basically told Mickey James that Nick Aldis was trying to politic the belt back. And then obviously she told her husband. Yeah. Nick Aldis, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, and Billy Corgan was shocked that he found out because he didn't think she 
tell him. You didn't think that? Mickey James would talk to her husband, Nick Aldis, about what Billy yeah. Corgan said about Nick Aldis? Yeah, so then the Nick Aldis was meant to be in a title match. Billy Corgan took him out of said title match. This was a few months ago, wasn't it, when he got just he got taken out of the match, yeah, and taken off the show. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he was again meant to be in a title match on this card, I think. Um and then he, he basically got suspended for saying the pop the product's garbage. Uh he, he said he said like in this interview, he was very candid where he was like, I was looking at some of the stuff they're doing in NWA now, it's not what I'd signed up for. And he was like, I, I just kind of like thought, what would Harley Race think if he was looking at this and seeing some of the shit that, that they're putting out? Um I mean Harley Race is probably spinning in his grave, like fast enough to generate fucking electricity. Yeah, uh, and I mean, yeah, it, it's it. The thing is, like when they first started doing power pre-pandemic, I kind of like started watching it off the back of like All In, where like I was, I was watching like the the ten pounds gold stuff on YouTube every now and again. But like All In was where I was like, okay, this Nick Allen's guy's really good, and they had Ricky Starks, they had Eddie Kingston. Yeah, they had Zicky Dice. Zicky uh, Dice. I mean, they've still got La Rebellion, who are awesome. Yeah. Um, so and- the irony, irony of all this is, so in, in the midst of all of this nonsense as well, it also came out um, that basically um, Billy Corgan said they weren't going to do another Empower show this year because they couldn't find enough women who could wrestle, quote, the NWA style. Yeah. The end of his style appears to just be Tyrus and Trevor Murdoch falling over on top of each other. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that that's what I mean. It's it's really not good. Um, the product they're putting out is trash. It really fucking is. Um, when when you look at like what they were doing, as I said, prior to the pandemic, like the this was hard times three. The last show they've just done, yeah. Hard time- was a really good show. I I watched that um when it first like when it first came out I watched it. Um Nick Aldis versus James Storm in the main event really good match. And also um it was uh like the T V title tournament where it was Ricky Starks winning the T V title. Yeah. And I, like, I mean, it's, uh, this is this is no, there's no correlation here, but it is not a coincidence that in the in co- the previous in the months just gone, uh, EC 3s brought a bit of the controlling narrative sort of stank to it as well, hasn't he? Yeah, apparently he was. I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm bit, I was trying to find it before we started recording, but I didn't get I didn't get there. Um, apparently EC three like mid match just cuts a scathing promo on the NWA. Uh, yeah. all of, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know anymore. Um, but yeah, it's oh. always fun to see a car crash television, isn't it? <laughs> you know, oh, not with this. It's it's fucking trash. But yeah, Tyrus, Ty everyone joining the same, joining the same group as Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race, Bruno Sammartino. The thing is, as well, he was saying that he was in like the best shape of his life. He looked fucking gassed after like. Yeah, that could two... be the, that could be his, the best shape of his life. To be fair. That's true. That's, that's, like, that's true. like me saying I'm in the best shape of my life now and I still can't run up the flight of stairs. 
Like they, they were literally going, oh, yeah, Tyrus in the great shape of life. Is he? No, I mean, they're not going to say he looks fat as shit, are they? To be fair, they're going to put him over. Not fucking awful. Uh, right then, quickly before we wrap it up then, um, we're going to go talking about a decent show. We'll talk about, uh, well, depending on your proclivities of garbage wrestling, which I have. We, we all like it here at the United you know, like Wrestling that. Podcast. Um, the Nick Gage Invitational number seven took place over the weekend for GCW. Interestingly, this was the first match on, this is the first show on GCW since they joined Fight Plus. So it was the first one you didn't have to pay for separately, which was quite nice. I've not watched it yet. I was away. You were away. We haven't really seen, we've seen bits. You saw half of it. I've seen clips. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it's full on death matches, and it? it's basically DOA but in America um, with more yeah. nutters. So, um, first round we had Alex Colon defeated Hunter Freeman and Sawyer Wreck. I love, I would love for Sawyer Wreck to come to DOA. Mm-hmm. That's on my list. Um, Sawyer Wreck's so good. Also in the first round, is it Cyclope? Cyclope, uh, Cyclope, yeah. Cyclope defeated. Toshiyuki Sakuda. That's uh, my fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, the Raddy Daddy, Cole Radrick, defeated Mido Extremo. That was a full match. And the match I really want to see, John Wayne Murdoch defeated our favourite, the, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast's choice, Big Fucking Joe. Yeah, this was a... This was upset on so many levels. So, say a clip I saw was um, Big Fucking Joe rock bottoming John Wayne Murdoch onto a cardboard cutout of Dwayne The Rock Johnson covered in light tubes. Yeah. Um, Big Fucking Joe also um, had his shoes taken off and got thrown onto, like, bare feet first onto a load of broken Just light for tubes. anyone who hasn't seen Big Fucking Joe, his wrestling, his deathmatch wrestling attire is a pair of tighty whiteies and a white shirt. The man doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, and that white so, shirt is very normally pink by the end of his matches. Put it that way. Um, yeah, he, he lost a lot of blood there. Uh, so in the semi-finals, Alex Cologne defeated Cyclope, and John Wayne Murdoch defeated Raddy Daddy, called Radrick. So that sets up the Mega Bastards to come against each other in the final. John Wayne Murdoch versus Alex Cologne. Are they still the tag team champions? Uh, no, lost Mikiyazosa who. Um, Ciclope, which is Ciclope and um, yeah, the Extremo. All oh, right, okay. Uh, and then they had like a sort of special exhibition match. I'm guessing this wasn't a death match. Was this just? It's um, just like a, it's just like a multi-man match. It was Jordan Oliver defeated Jimmy Lloyd, Alec Price, Nick Wayne, and Blake Christian. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any of them doing a death match except oh, Jimmy. Jimmy Lloyd, yeah, but I mean, you have to. They have this Nick Wayne legally allowed to do a death match. He's fucking seventeen. Don't worry about it. He's not allowed to be at a deathmatch tournament. Is he, is he allowed to wrestle in one? Probably not. Um, uh, so yeah, then in the finals, it was the Mega Bastards Collide. It was John Wayne Murdoch versus Alex Colon. And yeah, uh, John Wayne Murdoch picks up the win. Uh, I saw the finish. So the finish was uh, John Wayne Murdoch basically shoves Alex Colon. Well, first of all, John Wayne Murdoch hit a Canadian destroyer off the top rope through basically like 10 light tubes. That was suspended between two chairs. Standard. Yeah. And yeah. Right. So yeah, John Wayne Murdoch, who has just been announced, is coming to Cold Day in Hell on the 1st of December in Liverpool. In a dry ice death match. Yeah. Against uh, Clint Mogera. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, before we wrap it up, we'll just very quickly do a bit of promotion for TNT. So obviously we have uh, Effie 
coming to do a Q&A with us at the podcast in Coyote Ugly on the 30th of November. Effie will appear at Cold Day in Hell. Also, it was announced today, exclusive, next year. Is it next year? It's Yeah, it's the 12th or the 13th of May. Let me just double-check the date. We've got Effie's Big Gay Brunch coming to the UK for the first time, which is going yeah. to be huge. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for us, I think. Friday um, the 12th of May. Friday the 12th of May, there yeah. we go. Yeah, you can get your tickets for all of those at ringsideworld.co.uk. Sweet. Uh, right, that's going to do it from us. Uh, we'll be back, hopefully, for a little pre-show for Full Gear, a little, little prediction show, so get them out there, talk about the card later in the week. Uh, apart from that, we'll see you next week to talk all about that and everything else wrestling. We'll see you all next week. Take care and goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing. <laughs>